Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Jake Fleshner, the Director of Public Relations at Sports One Marketing. Jake is a friend of mine. He's a cool dude. He's a great guy. He works directly with David Meltzer, another good friend of mine. That's how I got Jake on the show. But it was a lot of fun to get to talk to Jake about his career, how he got to where he got to, what he did in college, how much work he was doing in college, which I think is very impressive. And that means the first job he gets out of college is an extremely good one he worked with gary v for a minute too can't be remiss to leave that out of the intro so i hope you all enjoy this conversation with jake fleshner Today, my special guest, Jake Fleshner, good buddy of mine, director of public relations at Sports One Marketing, previously with TED Conferences, helping them out, Vayner Media, Spade, Sydney Blue Sox, Central Park Realty, Tama Group. Jake, what's up, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, very blessed to be on with you. You're, uh, I'm a big fan of yours, inspired by everything that you do, so thanks for having me on. Thank you, Jake. You inspire me every time I get to see you in New York City. So the more, the merrier. Hopefully we can do that again sometime soon. We'll see what happens. But until then, these calls work. I get to ask you some questions like I normally do. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. So, Jake, the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? That's a great question. I've Thank actually, you. of course, I've actually never been asked that. Um, I've been in the sports world for Basically, my whole life, I grew up being the biggest LA Kings fan um, ever. I went to every single game. I actually traveled with the team when I was in high school. So I used to take off from school and like travel to their playoff games. So we would drive to Phoenix. I went to the Stanley Cup in New Jersey. That was like my life. Um, so what I love about sports is that similar to a lot of people, I never thought I'd have the, the awareness and also the physical capability to play professionally but I knew that I had the grit and the toughness. So I played a lot of sports growing up. I've always watched sports, huge follower of, of all the professional leagues. And it's basically just been part of me. Um, I, I love it. I live for it. That's, that's who I am. That is awesome, man. I remember that New Jersey Devils uh, versus the Kings. I think that was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was in college, was. so we were, all, we were all watching. I went to college in New Jersey, so that was a lot of fun. We got to watch it. What was it? That was the... Um, can't remember i think it was game six where there was like that total bs penalty and then it was like a five on three and they were all like this is over and then they the devils let up like four goals or whatever and that kind of yeah. crappy way to end it but at least you know we had some fun with that one that was kind of cool almost pretty much brodor's kind of swan song i guess we can say but that is really interesting man you used to follow the kings around your parents are awesome just want to say that they are i got very lucky with my parents my dad is uh canadian born and raised in canada and I'm from LA. So I was always that kid to stand out to play hockey out of all my friends. They were all playing basketball and football. And I was like, I love the ice. I want to be on the ice. So my parents would drive me everywhere I wanted to go. My dad was always with me, traveled with me. I was not, not, not to be uh not to be cocky over here, but I was pretty good at hockey. That was my life. Uh -huh. um, I traveled to Czech Republic for my team. I played AAA and double A. Wow. And every weekend, it was just another city. Um, that was really fun. So I really liked playing hockey. That, was that is awesome, man. And yeah, the Kings won a couple cups. Um, 
if I'm not mistaken, right? They had like two and three years, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, you got to have a lot of fun with that one. So you went to both uh, New Jersey, the Devils and the Rangers. I was going to say in New York, my girlfriend's a huge Rangers fan. I remember watching that one with her. That was a, that was a, I don't really care, but she, she was a little devastated. So I'll let her know you said hi. But um, so you, you went to, that's really interesting. I did not know that you played uh, hockey at that high of a level. Did you also play when you were at Michigan? I did not. Um, so I played until my 11th grade year. And then when I was in 11th grade, sorry, my 10th grade year, I had the option of either going to study in Israel for six months, which was part of my high school, mm-hmm. or continuing to play hockey and live out my dream of being a professional hockey player. Turns out I went to Israel and I decided to get more culture and I did that instead of playing hockey. And then ever since I haven't really played since. Very cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure hanging out in Israel and studying there for six months, it must've been uh, pretty fantastic. And as you said before, you kind of had the awareness, you kind of knew physical attributes aren't quite there. Um, you're not a short guy by any sense of the means, but you're not like six, six. So, you know, that kind of, that does make life a little bit more difficult uh, when the, the, the cards are stacked against you. So you ended up going to the university of Michigan and, and while there I, I, you did study sports administration, if I'm not mistaken, or something along those lines. So I, I have to assume the goal was always to work in sports in some capacity, correct? Correct. Yep. Uh, I studied sport management and then my, uh, sophomore year, I decided to minor in the business school. So I wanted the sports side as well as the business side to basically bring them together. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. And did you have fun at Michigan? How many times did Ohio State beat you guys? Just out of curiosity. Every single time. Every time. I, I did not see a win for my team in football, <laughs> but I did see a win in wrestling. I did see a win okay. in like cur- the curlings and the other sports, um, but never in football. Well, to be totally honest with you, I actually hate more. I hate Ohio State more than I even hate Michigan. So it, it's just I had to jab you in some way, shape, or form. That's got to be fun. And so actually, I actually do want to take a step back because I messed up my timeline here. It looked like when you were in high school, you worked for TED Talk or the TED Conference in some capacity. How the heck do you like? That's not something most sixteen or seventeen year olds are. It's like you know, I kind of want to go work for a TED Talk today. It sounds like fun. Like, how do you even find that opportunity? <laughs> Yeah, great question. Um, to be honest with you, that was a long time ago. I tend to, to think forward and not in the past as much. So I actually had time during everything that's going on in the world to really dissect who I am and who I was in the past and who I am now. And I had a second to think about the TED Talk experience. Um, I loved TED Talks from an early age. When I was 14, I was always the kid to be in my room watching TED Talks while all my friends were playing video games. So I went to my mom and dad one day. I was like, mom and dad, how do I get a job at TED, TED Talks? And they gave me advice, like reach out to these people, do this, do this. Next thing you know, I, I walked into the TED, TED Talks, the huge offices, their headquarters. Um, as a 16 and a half year old during the summer of, uh, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. And it was my first ever internship. And I walked in and I was inspired every single day that I was there. What I actually did there was they had a TEDx Brazil event. And I was actually on the sponsorship side of things. So I was looking for like the Javianas, the, the different, the acai company I found that were going to sponsor the event. So I was more on the sponsorship side of things at TED, but I learned a lot of, of life, life lessons there being my first internship. That is insane, dude. At 16, they're like handing you the keys to this car, essentially. I'm, I'm sure there was people over your shoulder just making sure you're doing everything right. But I mean, that's, that's still a lot of, um, that's a significant amount of responsibility to give you a 16-year-old. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I learned. I learned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I still don't know what I'm doing. Just don't tell anybody, right? That's it's perception's reality, man. We just got to do what we got to do. Um, you also had a pretty, uh, I mean, you stopped at VaynerMedia for a second. Um, another internship there. 
you, you've done so much stuff, dude. And I apologize. I know you said you don't like to look back, but I like to go over people's stories and we have to kind of touch upon the past. I mean, again, VaynerMedia, yeah. like that's another, you know, people, people on the internet love David Meltzer, like you and I do. People on the internet love Gary Vee, like you and I do. Like what was that opportunity like when you were able to break in um, and, you know, be able to work with the, the VaynerMedia team for a minute? How was that like? Yeah, I mean, first I'd like to acknowledge how amazing David Melter and Gary VR. I know we're going to talk about that later, but those two guys have really changed my life and so many lives of uh, people that are similar to us that were just looking to uh, move forward in our career and they've given us the tools necessary to do it. So first I want to shout out those guys. Those are amazing people. They've, they've changed my life. But um, working for Gary, that was my sophomore year of college. Um, and I got into his content like three months before the internship program was out and you could start applying. And he just hyped me up. He, he really knew how to get me on the right track. Um, and then basically I, I DM'd um, and got in touch with Claude, Claude Silver, the chief heart officer over there, who anyone listening doesn't know Claude, check her out. She is by far the great, one of the greatest humans uh, to be living right now. She's so intelligent, so smart, so emotionally present. But I got in touch with Claude. I said, I would do anything to work for you. Just the classic move. I really want to work at Vayner. So I come to New York. I went to New York, I met with Claude, I walked around, I met some people on the team. Next thing you know, I'm interning at Vayner, um, 46 interns were there. I was on the entertainment and media team. So I was helping sci-fi, epics, MTV with their social media strategy. Once again, no idea what I was doing. Twitter, Facebook, I was helping them all put out their content. And what was amazing about that internship was about how communal the company was. Um, this was three years ago. So Gary wasn't as big as he is now. Mm -hmm. His team was only seven people and now it's like 50. But what was awesome about it is that they, they inspired you to talk to every person at the company, whether it be the COO, the CEO, Gary, everyone gets five minutes with Gary. It was really a, a communal effort to make everyone better and stronger. So that was by far um, my, my favorite internship I've had in my life. It was life-changing. Like what, what are some of the things that you took from that opportunity outside of, you know, the social media strategy, which, you know, you can learn in a lot of different places. Like what did you take, I guess, emotionally and intelligently from that opportunity? Yeah. Um, I learned that the, the, the concept of business was different than I thought it was. You can be yourself emotionally and intelligently and not change for your bosses or the people you're reporting to. Um, and then also just as far as internships goes, I know a lot of internships, you, you're, especially kids my age, I'm 23, a lot of people see you competing with other interns, but at Vayner, it's work together for a common goal. And if you guys can all get it done together, you will be rewarded. So I didn't see any competition there. Everyone, I, I, we still have a group chat on GroupMe and everyone is still best friends with each other. So it's, it's cool. It was, uh, it was a good time. I was going to say, I hope you're still connected with some of those people. Because again, I mean, first off, they're obviously go-getters if you all got that op kind of opportunity. I know you said this was three years ago, but Gary was pumping out content three years ago. Just maybe not quite as much now uh, as he is now. But, you know, I remember, yeah. I don't even remember when I started following him, but it was probably about four or five years ago now. And just kind of seeing the evolution of what he's been able to do. Uh, how much... How much do you try and push out content like that? How much are you trying to kind of just kind of follow in, you know, your mentors, Gary Vee, David Meltzer, you know, we see how much they're always, the internet is constant. It's a little different, you know, obviously if they yeah. have a team of people that can help, but I just had a curiosity how much, um, you know, have you taken from that side of them? Yeah. To be honest with you, not as much. Uh, I really, uh, I'm not really into that yet. I think that you need to have a little bit of experience first in the working world to start 
trying to build your own personal brand and, and starting to, to make your own mindsets and thoughts. Um, to me, my content is David's content. Um, mm-hmm. David has a way of connecting with people that I've never seen before in anyone. And when I can find a piece of content um, that will help people, I feel like it's my content. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I, I'm yep. not on the gram posting 10, 20 times a day. I'm like sourcing new ideas that David's saying, giving it to our media team, Justin, best Jay Stone we call him now. He's like uh, David Meltzer's D-Rock. Uh, yeah. He, he does it all. Um, so that, that's the way I see it. Maybe down the line, I'll start doing that, but I'm really happy with where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious, um, you know, having, having worked for two people that, you know, considering the amount of content that they put out on a daily basis, I was just curious how, how much you're going about that too. So hang out at VaynerMedia for a little while. Uh, again, you kind of glossed over it, but you literally flew from LA to New York just to meet with somebody. It was not a, you know, it wasn't, Hey, you know, you come here, you know, you're interviewing, you'll probably get the job. It's, Hey, just come in and talk to me. It's okay, cool. And then you have to go through that whole process. I mean, anybody listening like that, that is impressive, man. Not a lot of people would be, Oh, I can't just, sorry, I can't just fly to New York today. All right, well, you're not going to get the job. Right. And it just shows, you know, how much of a go-getter you are, which I think is um, really darn cool. And, And then, so, Apologies again, kind of we're going, we're quitting Tarantinoing this a little bit. We're kind of going to the beginning, going to the end. We're figuring some stuff out. Um, so we've already talked about David. Now we're going back. And so while in college, I saw it. So you had that internship with uh, VaynerMedia. You're also the CMO of a company called Spade, as well as a consultant. How did you do all this? And still, which I'm assuming you also kicked ass at school too. Like, what, what is your time management like as like a 19, 20, 21 year old? And, and what can I learn from you now, man? Cause this is incredible. Uh, yeah. Great question. I mean, you're also a time expert. I can tell already. So. Far from it, buddy. Far from it. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, while I was in school, I can just give you the rundown of how that all worked. I was with uh, what, during my sophomore year, at the beginning of the year, my brother came to me with an incredible idea. Um, and it basically was, we're from LA. Uh, if anyone didn't understand that yet, I don't think I mentioned it, but we're from LA. Uh, I have a brother and a sister. My brother's 26. He currently works at Google, actually. My sister's 23, um, 24, sorry. And yeah, my brother came, we're best friends, but he came to me with this idea that our local restaurant could cross promote with our local shoe store, right? So I was like, how does that work? What does that mean? He's like, we can make a digital platform where you can walk into the restaurant, they can have uh, digital ads for the place down the street and everyone should be working together. It was all a collaboration idea. So we came up with the idea of space, space trade, trading space for local businesses. So my brother tasked me with the idea if while I was in school in Ann Arbor, I want you to be my sales guy, run my marketing, do everything there. Next thing you know, we had 35 businesses on board, um, all local. If you're from Ann Arbor, uh, which I hope we got some Michigan people listening in here, we had uh, Pizza House, we had, what else we had? We had Amir's, uh, Ulrich's, all, all the main spots in Michigan were basically on board. And yeah, we, we scaled the team. We had about 12 interns at the time. Um, I brought on someone who was running our finances, Ben Kriegsman, was helping out a lot. But as far as time goes, during the day was all about studies and at night was all about space. So any uh, good piece of advice I'd give to anyone in college right now is to focus on school during the day and then at night focus on your side hustle or anything that you want to do after school because there's so much time in the day in college. Yeah. And once, once you're, once you're out of college, everything just moves much faster. Yeah, college, that... you, can, you can still have time to party, have fun and try to start a side hustle for after. 
I completely agree. I kind of wish I did that too, but I, I really, uh, my side hustle was hanging out with my friends and Hey, it happens now. I know, right now I know. And that's the important part, but no, you, you make a great point. There's a lot of time in the day. Um, you know, especially that senior year, that senior year, very light, oh, yeah. <laughs> very light. Um, that's why we do it, man. That's why we do it. And it was a blast. And that's, it's a pretty cool concept that you and your brother were able to really, I mean, 35 local businesses, that's pretty impressive. It's, you know, that's some grinding, that's some hustling. Cause that only means you probably, it's not like you reached out to 35 businesses and they all said yes. Right. Like that's not never, that's never how it works. So it's pretty impressive. You were able to kind of, you know, get that rolling and get that going. And as you said, you know, you kind of spent you know, your, your evenings on something like that. And I mean, I guess if you had that many businesses, there was some market there for it, which I think is really cool. Does this company yeah. exist in, in any form anymore? Yeah. So how it worked was during uh, uh, my junior year, beginning of junior year, we got an investment actually from the University of Michigan. They wow. put some money into our company. Uh, and then we were just working on scaling it to be honest with you, as I think what the theme of this is, is that we don't really know what we're doing. I didn't really know what I was doing. My brother was working at Google at the time. So he was grinding away. He didn't really have time to help us as much as we needed help. So we got the investment from Michigan. Uh, our Ben Kriegsman, who was running this, uh, finances at the time, got invited to actually go to Israel for a program to, to, it's a startup program that Michigan mm-hmm. funded us to go to. Okay. And then at the time, I had another decision, sort of like playing hockey, whether to go to Sydney, Australia to study abroad or to continue with this spade idea um, and staying in Ann Arbor and really seeing it and pushing it through. So once again, I made a tough decision to, to head out into the world and I decided to go to Australia. And then two minutes into my two weeks into my study abroad in Australia, I got a call from uh, the CFO saying, can't really do this anymore. Michigan still is funding in us, but I just can't handle 35 accounts. Um, so I said, it's okay, we can, we can move on, we can pivot. And we actually sold a part of it back to the university. Uh, the CFO still went to Israel on the program, learned a lot about how startups work. But now, yeah, we sold the company back to Michigan. It's not, not functioning anymore, but it was a really good learning lesson. Um, That's awesome. Very impressive yeah. too. That's sweet. Like, who are you talking to at Michigan that, you know, is like, you must know some pretty high up people if they're willing to give you a, you know, a startup kind of just born out of a, a, what a dorm room, uh, give you some money. I don't know how much they're giving you, but Hey, even, you know, a couple grand is super helpful at that point. Yeah. They, they, there's a program there called the, the Zell, the Zell grant uh, fund. Um, Sam Zell actually donates a certain amount of money. The, the big real estate guy from uh, investor from Chicago, he gives a certain amount of money to startups, local startups in, in Michigan. So we were one of those companies. And then, yeah, it was amazing. That's awesome. Michigan does, does a lot for startups. So I'd highly suggest going to the University of Michigan if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Just another plug right there. I will say that story does make me hate Michigan a little bit less. Um, I root for them. As I said, I root for them one game a year. And for the last however many years, they've definitely let me down. But it is what it is. And we, uh, we keep on rolling. So you, you then have the opportunity, as you said, to go to Sydney, Australia, study abroad. Um, this is the second time you've decided to go study abroad, find some culture. I'm sure you had a blast there. And I even see that you worked for a, um, an Australian baseball team. What yeah. does Australian baseball, I've seen Aussie rules football. What does Australian baseball look like? Is it the same thing? Is it different? What are we no. playing with here? <laughs> There's no tackling. There's no tackling. They, they don't, they wear helmets. <laughs> it's, it's regular baseball. Uh, it's regular baseball. This team was basically, they call them the Yankees of Australia. But their professional baseball league only has eight teams. There's the Sydney, the Perth, the Melbourne. We, my best friend and I, Sam Rosenblum, was, is a big sports guy as well. 
And there was a way for us to basically get an internship abroad while studying there. And as this whole theme of is also is you got to hustle, you got to work while you play, basically. So we accepted this internship. It was an hour and a half from where we were living. So we'd go in twice a week. We'd take the local Australian bus. <laughs> we'd head over there. Two days a week, we'd help them with their social media and marketing. It was their off season. So their off season was while we were there. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a really, really good experience seeing how different the professional baseball landscape and professional sports landscape is between Australia and, and, uh, and the U.S. They're, they're definitely behind. Um, and they, they, it's obviously, but they're, they're really, baseball's a growing sport there. And it was, it was just interesting to, to see how that worked. I actually, this is a funny tidbit. Um, they needed a mascot. They needed oh, a no. mascot for some of their events. And uh, I, uh, I, I stepped up to the plate and I, I, I mascotted for them for four or five, like, little league events that they needed the, the Blue Sox mascot. I have some pictures I'll send over. I would, that's what I was just about to ask, Jake. I'm going to need a picture. I'm going to need a headshot, preferably in, <laughs> uh, in the uh, mascot uniform, if possible. That way, when I do share this across social media, everyone's going to say, who's that guy in the mascot suit? And why is Mike talking <laughs> to him? So I'm very excited for that. And, and I guess, I mean, that's, again, so the, the hustle aspect of it, the we don't know what we're doing. We kind of figure it out on the fly aspect of it. But also so many people would have just went to Australia. You know, I know you said it was only a couple of days a week, but I mean, still like that's still time out of your day when you could be romping around Sydney. Sydney's a cool place. Never been seen pictures. Looks incredible. Um, you know, obviously they had the Olympics there 20 years ago now, I think. But I mean, what, how did you, why did you even want to get this internship when you easily could have just, you know, studied, did what you had to do? And you, as I said, you know, get the culture aspect of it without, you know, this particular internship. Right. Yeah. I mean, great question. I, uh, a lot, I think it came from, it came from just learning more from experience and learning more on the job. Uh, I, I sort of aim towards, getting the best value from where you're at if that makes sense it's, it's mm -hmm. more about getting on field literally on field value from mm -hmm. from anywhere you go and let's be honest whoever's been abroad studying in college you don't really study you, you go to the beach every day you go out with your friends all the time i know you're smiling over here because never sounds been like you <laughs> i knew a lot of been, friends that heard. did i've heard a lot of stories yeah yeah so i i just didn't want to to fall behind and it really was, uh, I think it was a smart idea on my end. I also got to know a lot of Australian locals and residents, other, other interns, and I still keep in touch with them to this day. So sort of got the Australian mindset in me and I, I love Bondi beach. So it was Ooh, fun. That sounds like, that sounds very nice. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get there sooner rather than later and all this stuff blows over, yeah. but we'll what do are, for like, the love of sports, for the love of sports live on Bondi beach. Done sign me up get Dave involved I'm sure he'd love to do that too um with with that I mean like what did you learn I guess about not baseball but I guess more sports in general you know again halfway across the world at this point and kind of especially with you know baseball being a major four sport here and obviously you know America's pastime it's really football now but you know everybody knows baseball here and kind of I guess, what did you learn about sports in other countries and other continents? And then also about trying to grow a game that, as you said, is, you know, it's relatively small within the country already. Yeah. Growing a game is not as easy as it looks. They've, for example, the professional baseball league in Australia has put a lot of time and effort into growing the actual sport. Mm -hmm. And so their plan was build the sport 
build everyone's knowledge of how it works, and then build the league. So what they're still in the process of doing is building the sport of baseball, getting Australians to love the sport, whether that be through the local, the local little league, the local TV stations playing actual just like MLB games even. They have some, some problems getting people to, to view MLB games. Um, and then their plan was to work from internally outside. Um, so I think growing a sport internationally comes from knowledge and then you can lean in towards more of the marketing of the individual players and teams on the outside. Um, but it, 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 there's, there's a lot of room for growth, but there's, in my opinion, over the next few years, the big four sports here are going to be the big four sports in other countries. Mm -hmm. So I know soccer is moving into the U S I think baseball and football are going to move out of the U S that's, that's what I see. That's a, it's a hot take from Jake, man. I'm curious. I like the sound of that. I mean, I'm for baseball. I love baseball. It's easily my favorite sport right now. I'm like kind of going through withdrawals, watching all these old games. Um, you know, it's super weird. It's very depressing, but it is what it is. We, I get to talk to people like you now, at least. So, uh, you know, yeah. times could be worse. Times could definitely be worse. So are you, are you a, are you a Mets fan? Sorry very big Mets fan. Very big Mets fan. Okay. Yeah. So Mostly just depressed all the time anyway, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. But uh, at least I get to watch the – I got Jacob DeGrom. You know, once every five days I can watch, you know, a competent baseball player, you know, at the peak of his uh, his career. So that was fun. But we'll see what happens, man. We'll keep on seeing what happens. So you um you hang out in Australia. You work for an Australian baseball team, which still makes me laugh. Why the Blue Sox? Is there a name behind that? No? Okay, just curious. Um, after you graduate when you, when you see the mascot face you'll know why oh, the blue sock. perfect very excited very excited um so then you graduate and your first job out of school is with dave correct correct yeah so what how do you again how did you got the jerry uh, the gary v job because you know you flew all the way halfway you flew halfway the whole way across the country um yeah how do everybody wanted the job you have now right everybody listening to this i'm assuming wanted the job you have now so how how do you set yourself apart where someone like dave you know someone like colleen also incredible we haven't talked to her about her justin also awesome love that nickname too how do you stand out to these people who again come across incredible people like you every day like what did you do to say no you guys you guys want me obviously i want the job but you guys want me yeah, to be honest with you, I don't really know. <laughs> I got very, very Too humble, lucky. man. Too humble. I mean, I, I think I got very lucky. Dave, David Meltzer doesn't really believe in luck. He says Neither do I. it's uh, attention plus coincidences uh, will, will end up in, in where you want to be. But I'll just give you the facts of the story. So uh, I, I'm at Michigan. It's senior year, and I don't have a job yet. I'm waiting, waiting, applying, LinkedIn DMing. I'm big on the LinkedIn DM. I think you find the people you want to be like or the companies you want to work at and just fire off DMs. Say, how can I work for you? How can I be of service? How can I provide value? That's sort of what I've been telling college kids right now to be doing during this time. But senior year of college comes around. It is December and all my friends are getting jobs. They're all working at Goldman Sachs. They're working at the Googles, the Microsofts, all the finance stuff. And I always just wanted to work in sport. And I loved motivation as well. I loved the Gary V's. I loved the Tony Robbins type people. And I took a lot of time researching that field. Uh, the Ty Lopez is, I watched so many Ty Lopez and Ray Cardone videos that my friends were just like, dude, turn that off. <laughs> They're like, just stop with that. Um, whatever. So I, I just was thinking of new ways of how to collaborate and how to do these things. So 
I saw that Dave, David Meltzer was going to be at South by Southwest. And my mom actually runs a company called the female quotient. And we, we got to, she invited me to go with her basically. So I, I show up to the female quotient in Austin. This is in February when or February or March when South by Southwest is in Austin, Texas, take off two days of school to go there just to, to pursue my job career, my search, just try to meet some amazing people. And oh, also by the time I'm, I'm also selling my mom's e-commerce stuff. I helped her with her e-commerce line. Mm-hmm. So I was also selling stuff in her lounge. So technically working at South by Southwest. Yeah. Okay. And basically my, my job for those two days was I was going to find someone who I wanted to work for and try my best to work for them. The last day of the event, the, the, I think it was a Tuesday, uh, David Meltzer, her David Meltzer was on the agenda sheet and it said two special guests. I was like, who is this David Meltzer going to bring in? Next thing you know, I go, I greet David Meltzer because I, I looked up his bio, his background. He looked unbelievable. I go outside. It's Dave and two huge NFL players. Like this, like Dave, like Dave, yeah. five foot eight, amazing guy, um, so knowledgeable. But he's with Brian Arakpo and his brother. Wow. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. I walked him inside. They were on a panel with my mom, just sitting there talking about basically female equality in the workplace how how their careers have all aligned and, and all that and I basically went up to Dave after and I said that was incredibly inspiring what can I do to work for you be of service and he said stick around I want to I want to keep keep talking so he actually did a playbook podcast right outside my mom's face mm-hmm. with Brian Arakpo and his mm-hmm. brother and I stayed and watched and the the Dave mindset which whoever knows David Meltzer sort of knows who he is once you watch Dave for the first time, you are immediately inspired by what he does. That's exactly how I was. And he gave me his number. I was able to text him that night. He said, can we meet for, for drinks and to get to know you a little bit? I wasn't able to meet that night. I don't know why. It's always in my head why I didn't go. But once again, you learn on the job. And I kept following up with him, kept following up calls, calls, pretty persistent. And he said, all right, fly to New Jersey in three weeks. So this was like two weeks after Southwest. So let's say like a month after he said, fly to New Jersey and shadow me for, for a few days. This was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I took off Michigan. I told my teachers I got to go. Um, once again, I, I, my opinion, I think you learn more on the job and learning from someone on the move. Buddy, it was second semester of your senior year. You weren't missing anything. I think everything's going to be just fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're good. No one's going to come after you for taking a couple days off senior year. Let's be honest. I think it's cool. (laughs) Yeah. And all my friends had jobs and stuff. Exactly, right? Yeah. So I made made the move. I got on a plane and I stayed in New York. And then my plan was to meet David the next morning in New Jersey, actually. So I hopped on the subway hopped on a train to New Jersey. I think it was, was I think it was Hackensack, New Jersey. And Mm -hmm. I met David with um, his friend, Joseph Storzinger, who's still David's good friend today. And I didn't really know what to expect. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't really understand David's lifestyle. And yeah, I just sat with him. He was on calls doing his thing like Dave always does. And he just asked, asked me questions at the same time, multitasking, just getting shit done. And he said, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And I said, I'm graduating college. I'm really, really, really inspired by what you do. I would just love to learn from you. So spent that whole day. Dave gave a speech at the local college there. People were coming up to him, asking him questions. And I heard his story for the first time, his full story about who he is. And 
haven't really said this before, but I actually, there were tears coming from my eyes just learning about Dave and, and who, who he is. And after I basically pulled the, how do I work for you? I would do anything. I literally would do anything. It's, it's been one day only, but I am immediately, I'm just, I love what you do. I love your content. I love what you stand for. So stayed in touch with Dave. Um, and then about a month later, he said, just come, come intern for me in Orange County, California, when you're done, grad, when you're done graduating school. So I said, sure. I live an hour and a half from Orange County, but I'm in. You got me. So finally, I got an internship. It wasn't a job. It was an internship. And another piece of advice after school, if you find the right person and find the right company, you got to be fine with interning. Interning will lead you to a job if you're passionate about what you do. So I started interning. I walked into the office the first day, really nervous, no idea what to expect. Obviously was taking up all of Dave's content, mm -hmm. following him on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, really getting a sense of, of what Dave was doing. And yeah, walking for the first day and three weeks into interning for Dave, he said, I basically, I admire your, your grind and your mindset and your passion for the job. How about you start traveling with me and basically being the head of PR for the company and my publicist. Um, I got very lucky. I know you don't believe in luck and Dave doesn't either, but his head of PR left two months before I started. So they were, they were actually looking to hire someone to travel with Dave. So yeah, three weeks in, Dave uh, said, we're going to Sacramento. I looked at Dave's calendar. It was a Wednesday uh, for the summer league. It was the summer at this time. And we hopped on a plane at 1 p.m. He had his whole day from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. Dave actually wakes up at 4 a.m. So 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. And Justin, Dave, and I hopped on a plane to Sacramento. Uh, we went to the stadium. Dave gave a speech to some people at the summer league game. And yeah, I did not do a good job. I didn't know what I was doing. Once again, I did not know how to be a publicist. I did not know how to be the head of PR for one of the, the greatest people on, on the earth, in my opinion. Uh, but I've learned on the job ever since. So it's been a really good learning experience. I've been with Dave for eight months now um, and been to like 20. 26 states. Dave actually took me to India, which we can go into as well, wow. but just learning from an incredible man um, and Dave and getting to meet some amazing people and coordinate things has been, has been amazing. That has, I mean, I love that story. Sorry I've that never, was too long. Sorry no, that no, no, no. That's long. perfect. That's perfect. I wanted to hear the story. That's why we're here. No one's here to listen to me. They can get, they can listen to me whenever they like. I only get to have you on once. Um, and I just <laughs> think it's so cool Again, you know, I, I, well, first off, I want to point out how terrified you were to be the intern, you know, that first day. I can only imagine what it was like when uh, he, he offers you this incredible position and this incredible job and you take it. I can only imagine how terrified you were those first couple of days on that job, uh, you know, actually yeah. having, not to say you didn't have responsibilities as an intern, but having some, some real heavy lifting to do because I've seen what you do. I've seen, you know, how, how the team works and I think it is fantastic. And I mean, I guess it's just, with with all the incredible people that you get to meet and with all the incredible people you get to go like how did you get into this because I, I remember meeting you like right around the time you got hired maybe you were still an intern I don't remember and now seeing where you are now you have definitely come into your own and I'm sure there's a lot more you can grow on or can can you know you can grow how did you kind of learn on the job especially with someone that are you waking up at four o'clock in the morning to kind of match what he's good i wouldn't do that either are you no kind of just trying to match what he does like how does that dynamic work with someone like him to try and make sure that you're learning exactly what you need to on the job yeah learning from experience learning from people who have a similar role as me um and getting to know about how they handle these influential people and how to understand them 
and then change your life a little bit to fit your boss's needs, basically. So the one person, even though we weren't with her for that long, but there's someone named Laura Toscani Weem. She is the head of PR, basically, head publicist for the New Jersey Devils and for Harris Blitzer Group. And she's sort of been a mentor for me going into this just because she handles Jake Reynolds. She handles a few other people in her, Al Guido, a few people in the organization. And she basically taught me that you got to, she didn't really tell me this, but she, she basically taught me through what she does. You got to be basically 24 seven. You got to always be there for what your boss needs, but then also for what your boss's clients need. Um, so yeah, uh, I think a lot of it, as far as for Dave, I've definitely changed over the last nine months. I don't wake up at 4am, but I start to wake up at 6am. Um, and I also drive an hour and a half to the office. So it's okay. I get to the office around 745. So I wake up at six, get there at 745. And yeah, I'm much more efficient and uh, scheduled. Mm -hmm. I never used to study my calendar. And David always says, study the blanks in your calendar for gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. Those are the four lessons that you need. And my calendar now is, is very well organized. Um, and David did as well because I helped schedule his calendar. So that's, that's definitely where I've improved the most. Kudos to you, Jake. Very nice. Um, with, uh, again, just some of the cool people that you're meeting along the way, like tell me about just all the incredible human beings. I mean, as you said, you know, Dave has inspired you to the point where you wanted to work with him. And I've seen him talk at conferences. I've seen him talk in groups of, you know, four or five people. Um, you know, I've just seen the way others react. How much more does that inspire you to see just, you know, the, the quote unquote normal people, um, you know, and, and kind of where you used to be. What is that like to see how much he can impact others and how much you are able to impact others kind of through him, as you were talking about before? That's a tough question. <laughs> That's a multifaceted question. I, I'll first start it off saying that being around these kinds of people, the, the jaw rules of the world, the, the Colin Sexton's of the world, these kinds of people, um, they're the same as, as, as no, technical normal people. Everyone's the same. Everyone's mm -hmm. just a person. And when it comes to treating people the same, I really think that everyone should be treated exactly the same, no matter who you are and where you come from. But it's been, it's been fascinating coordinating these, these podcasts and these conversations with these not normal people, mm -hmm. um, just to see their calendar, their calendar and routines and the stories they tell. Um, but by the way, as an update here, I'm also the talent booker for, uh, entrepreneurs the playbook podcast where mm -hmm. david Meltzer is the host so that's sort of why i get to to see all these people come through my, my phone over here mm -hmm. because I, i'm basically scheduling all that and promoting it cross promoting it, and making that all happen uh we're on episode i think 270 now of that podcast so there's there's non-stop action on that end but yeah as, as far as just uh the way david treats people he he basically his, his mission is to empower a thousand to empower a thousand to empower a thousand and the more I think about it, I think that's what I want my, my goal to be. Um, I want it to be the same kind of person as Dave and have the same mission. So, 100%. I'm on that train. I'm one of the thousand. So sounds like we're, uh, we're well on our way. We just have to each get a thousand people, right? I think that's, that's the important part. And so, what, um, so you see incredible people. You meet incredible people. As we said, you know, we keep throwing around heavy air quotes over here. The normal people, which are just yeah. the people <laughs> that show up to these meetups, as well as the jaw rules, the Colin Sexons of the world. Um, I know your mom was on an episode of the playbook, if I'm not mistaken, which is super cool yeah. as well. She and was, so yep. with 
like, tell me about just what this opportunity has been like, as you were saying, you got to go to India, um, you know, only about a month ago, a month and change ago, kind of before all this stuff went crazy. I saw you guys doing some fun stuff over there too. Like, what are these opportunities like? And I mean, I'm not going to ask you, you know, did you think you'd be here eight months ago, but like, what has it meant? And like, how have you grown as a human being outside of, you know, studying your calendar, you know, the, the things Dave teaches kind of outside of that world, how have you grown while through just meeting all these incredible people and, going to all these credible places that you really never had the opportunity to before. Yeah. Wow. You are, you are a really good uh, podcast host. Just try it, man. Just try <laughs> doing my best. Can I ask you some questions? No, that's not, a I'm lot. more interested okay. in you than you could be of me, Jake. How's that sound? That sounds like a deal. Um, yeah. So India. Yes. So just how that India thing worked out, David's presence in India has gotten a, larger and larger every day but we got reached out dave got reached out saying we'd love to have you in india our audience would, would love you so basically i was on the planning committee for that i planned the whole trip basically uh dave spoke at two universities over there one in front of 600 people one in front of 500 and we were there let me let me just give you the schedule here because this is an incredible story david does not stop david is an energizer bunny which once again if anyone follows his content you'll understand that but our goal, what our job was and, and how we did this was, our plan was to go to LA to New York. Dave was speaking in New York uh, on Tuesday night, stay in New York, have a full day on Wednesday, um, podcast, speaking, all the, all the et cetera. And then Wednesday night, we flew out to India. Uh, we, got, we landed in India Thursday night at 11 p.m. Uh, Friday morning. So that was, that was 20 hours of flying, by the way. 24 hours of flying. Sorry. 24 hours of flying. We got to India Friday, uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. We flew from Mumbai to another city where Dave was speaking for Friday night and Saturday morning. Saturday, we flew to another city, these local flights, three hours, Saturday night, uh, hanging out in that local city Sunday, Dave gave another speech. And then Sunday night we were out. So we were in India for a total of 65 hours. I think Dave and I counted. And our flight time was 57 hours. I was just about to ask, how long was the flights? That's funny. 57 hours. So on the way back, we actually stopped in New York too. So we flew basically the same amount of time that we were actually in India. And I had no idea what to expect. I thought I was going to be tired, jet lagged. No idea what's going on. I've, I've never been to India. I never watched any of those movies. I've seen Slumdog Millionaire. That's it. But I, I didn't know anything what to expect. We landed in India. Um, and yeah, the people there were unbelievable, so friendly, so nice. And yeah, I, I, I think what else that taught me is that if you're inspired by what you do, you don't really get tired. Tired is just in your head. And that, that's sort of, I think that's like a Wim Hof kind of thing, but if you love what you do, you're going to just keep pushing. So Dave and I were just running around India and that was awesome. Anyway, getting back to your question, the question was, uh, how have I changed? How have I changed? Definitely let's become change. more mature. Let's change more grown. Change, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to see you change because you're an awesome dude already, but I want to see you. Thanks, man. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see you grow more into that person, I guess. So just to, I know semantics, but I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how have I grown? The answer can be the same, right? No, like yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I've just, I've just grown through, like, my mindset and uh, just seeing the positive rather than the negative and uh just staying more organized than i've ever been and also being more grateful 
every day I wake up like, wow, we get to, we get to live. We get mm-hmm. to be where we are. And yeah, that's, that's basically I'm on it. that train. Still too. learning. Yeah, man, we all are. We all are. I love the gratefulness. Um, it's something that I, I I've implied, uh, I've applied since working with Dave and, and you know having him help with everything that I'm doing. So it's been been a lot of fun. Do it every day. Say it every day, multiple times a day. I have two alarms on my phone. Uh, I have an alarm on my watch, and during my meditation, that's also a part of it. So at least four or five times a day, uh, at a minimum, as we all know, everything's in minimums with Dave. So do you, uh, do you, uh, do you meditate by the way? Every day, every day for like the last 200, uh, oof, over a year now, probably about almost a year and a half every single day. Now, some days are better than others. Some days just, you know, just like a nice, like five minute, like, let's just breathe a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, can't do the, uh, what is it? The transcendental, whatever what i can't yeah. can't get not there yet but um you know we'll take our time we'll get there eventually and yeah man i love it it's just so nice so relaxing so helpful um and it's one of those things i tell people like it sucks those first six months you're like what am i doing this is totally useless and then after mm-hmm. that it's it's you're able to look back and be like i would have totally reacted to this differently i would not have been as even keel the roller coaster is kind of flattened out a little bit so i i find it very very useful and very very um uh applicable to kind of just being an entrepreneur and, and trying to figure this whole world out. So it's, it's fun though. It's also nice. It's also nice to just kind of sit down for five minutes. Yeah. And just shut your brain off. Exactly. Good stuff. What do you use for, for meditation? Do you use an app? Um, so sometimes I just do it, just kind of set a five or 10 minute timer and just, you know, focus on breathing. Um, I've used Headspace. I did enjoy Headspace. Uh, got rid of that though. And then actually Peloton, um, my girlfriend and my mom wanted the Peloton app. So I got the Peloton app and um, they actually have like a pretty substantial library of meditations in there, which is pretty great um, that, I, that I thoroughly enjoy. I kind of hop around depending on the day, depending on how I'm feeling, do a couple different ones of those and I thoroughly enjoy it. So I found guided. I do a little bit better with guided, but you know, you're supposed yeah. to try and figure this thing out on your own too. So I do a bunch of unguided as well. I'm just trying to just you know, throw either some music on, or just try and make sure it's really quiet, and just try and see what we can do. So, um, but man, we should do that one day. We yeah. we should do a group uh, a guided meditation together. That'd be fun. I'm in, man. I'm in. I know some people, and I'm sure you know some people too. We can get that. We can get that rolling. Okay. And so Jake told me he didn't think he'd have enough content to fill up almost an hour, and I told him he was wrong, and I was right. So would you look <laughs> at that, um, Jake? The last the last question I have for you. No wait, uh, we got two more questions. As a publicist, um, and still kind of coming in on your own, what can, I guess, again, we'll go normal people, what can just people on the internet do, where again, we don't have a team like Dave does, he's obviously worked extremely hard and has gotten people like you, as I said, Colleen and Justin, what can other people do that maybe don't have a team? What are some easy, simple things that we can do on a daily basis to just, again, just continue to get our name out there in a cost effective way? Right, be different. If you stand out, you're going to instantly attract people to you. So if you're a local barbershop in uh, New Jersey, be the barbershop in, in, in your local town in New Jersey. Post a lot of content. This is a Gary mindset as well, but post a lot of content. Engage with your audience. Stay interactive. Um, but then also, you can also create content that no one's looking, that, that no one's posting in your area. So... Any advice I'd give for, I mean, the normal people I know we're using that a lot is the more unique you are, the more you'll stand out. And then in turn, 
the more business consumers and clients uh, you'll, you'll change and help. And especially now, what I'm seeing a lot is that no one really wants to talk about like the nitty and gritty right now. People want to talk about gratitude. They want to talk about understanding that you got to love your family. You got to love the people around you. Um, so be, be conscientious of where people are at. A lot of people, unfortunately, are losing their jobs. Um, just, just stay humble and stay grateful for, for where you're at, and then everything will come to you. That's what I, I think. No, I completely agree every day. I mean, I'm, I am, you know, I don't believe in lucky, but I was, I guess, smart enough to kind of save up a couple bucks um, in the smart. last few months. And now I'm like, well, probably not going to get any sales in the next couple of weeks. So we'll, you know, we'll lean down a little bit. We'll see how it goes. And, you know, so far, so far, so good. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. And the last question I have for you, Jake, um, is what, what's that? I know Dave always talks to me about trajectory. You know, where, where's your trajectory pointing? I know you said you want to inspire people. You want to do a lot of these things. And I'm sure at 23, you don't know exactly what you want to do. Cause I think I've changed careers like three times since 23, but you know, what are you, what are you looking to do? I guess. And, um, you know, moving forward, like it'd be cool. I'm sure you'd love to do the job you have for a really long time, but I don't know if there's anything else that you're looking into thinking about. I always want to give you the opportunity to give us that little, little extra nuggets before we leave. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love what I do. I, I really, really, really like what I do. I'm very excited to be working every day, whether it be going to the office or work from home, which we're doing now. Um, but down the line trajectory, I think I can see myself uh, just being in this sector for five to 10 to 15 years, just seeing how I can help build a brand, build brands. And then after that, hopefully start one of my own things and start my own thing and, and work on that. So love what I do. Really excited to be doing what I do. And then maybe down the line, start something by myself. We'll see. I love it. I'm going to be able to say, I remember when. I knew Jake all the way back when he was just an intern. No, I kid. Awesome, man. Jake Fleshner, Director of Public Relations and Sport One, Sports One Marketing. All around awesome guy. Really appreciate your time today, man. I appreciate you so much. And everyone, this guy is one of a kind. Michael is amazing. Please tune in to every episode. He's been, I, I've had a chance to be with him like five, probably five times in person in the last few months. He is pumping out content more than anyone. He works harder than anyone. So please pay attention. He's on the rise. Living the dream, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jake Fleshner. As I said, such a super cool dude. I am so grateful that I got the opportunity to talk to him today, but I'm also grateful I get the opportunity to see him all the time. So please follow Jake on all of his socials. Everything is in the show notes. Please make sure to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to us. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes.